I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to say this like you believe it. Say, this is God's word, not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. If I do, I give my neighbor permission to pinch me, to slap me, to knock me upside my head. In Jesus' name. I'm just kidding. Amen. You may be seated. (laughs) Visitors say, I didn't know they hit around here. Today has been set aside to celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world. Can you say amen? Now, the traditional message regarding what Christ has done for us on the cross can never be overheard. I mean, you can never, ever preach too much about Jesus dying. Can you say amen? Now, many of us, we grew up, and that was the only message that we heard. That he died. Come on, y'all got to help me today now. Y'all got to help me. He died. There you go. And many of us heard that, but today, everybody say today. Today, let's take a look at how Jesus brought debt cancellation into our lives and how it has positioned us to live a debt-free life. Everybody say debt-free life. Now, I'm going to do this. If you're taking notes, I'm going to define for you what debt is. Debt can be defined, according to the dictionary, as something that is owed or that one is bound to pay or perform for another. It also means the condition of owing. How many have owed somebody some money before? Let me see your hand. Uh-huh. How many owed somebody some money and you didn't have it, the money? Amen. If you had it, you wouldn't have owed them. Amen. How many have had somebody owe you some money? And then they act like they don't owe you no money. Come on now. You know, you, your neighbor, you know, your, your, your girlfriend at work borrowed some money from you and she told you she'd pay you back at payday and next thing you know, payday comes, she ain't said nothing. And then you're looking at that new dress she bought. And then she tell you, girl, how I look at my new dress. No, that's my dress. You bought my dress with my money. Amen. It also means, watch this, debt can be defined as an offense requiring forgiveness or wrongdoing. So I'm going to repeat all those again. Debt can be defined as something that is owed or that one is bound to pay or perform for another. It also means the condition of owing and an offense requiring forgiveness or wrongdoing. So you know what? This morning I want to talk about spiritual debt cancellation. Come on, say that with me. Say spiritual debt cancellation. Now I want you to turn over to the book of Genesis. That's the first book in the Bible. If you're visiting us for the very first or second time, pastor use a lot of scriptures. So if you're not used to flipping, just write them down and you can look at them when you get home. Genesis chapter two, because Adam, who was God's first earthly son, 
started a cycle called death. Everybody say death. Now, I'm not saying debt. I'm saying death. He started a cycle called death. Watch this. Genesis chapter 2. Watch in verse 16. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day, or that day that you eat it, you will what? You will surely die. Now, let me explain something to you. There were all kind of trees in the garden. He could have ate the apple tree, the orange tree. Do strawberries grow on trees? Okay. I'm just checking to see if y'all woke. He could have ate any other tree in the garden. In fact, there was another tree in the garden called the tree of life. He could have ate that tree. Now, the tree of life would have guaranteed him life forever. But you know, curiosity kills the, kills the cat. And what ended up happening, it says if he ate it, he will surely die. Now, watch this. Let's go over to chapter 5. Go to chapter 5 and let me show you something. Look in verse 5. It says, and all the days that Adam lived were how many? 930 years and then he died. So my question is, when God told him, the day you eat that fruit, you're going to die. It could not have been a physical death right then and there because he, he lived 930 years. So what part of Adam do you think died? The spirit part of Adam. Amen. Now, I want you to do this. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. That's in the New Testament. Romans chapter 5. Because Adam's decision to disobey God put us all in spiritual debt. Therefore, sin and death was passed down by birth to everybody, which means that we are all in a spiritually deficit position. I'm going to say all that again. You don't have to write it down, but I want you to get the point here. Listen to this. When Adam decided to disobey God, that put us all in spiritual debt. Therefore, sin and death passed on to everybody. So that means everybody born from Adam was automatically born spiritually dead. Now, I'm going to show you what I mean. Romans chapter 5, and let's look in verse 12. If you there, say, I'm there. Okay, watch this. It says, wherefore, as by one man, what one man are we talking about? Adam, sin entered into the world. And what else? Death by sin. Watch this. This is very important. And so death passed upon how many people? All men. Watch this. For that all have what? Sin. Now, that's interesting. Let's look at one more. Go to Romans chapter 3. Go to, go, let's go backwards. Go Romans chapter 3. Romans 3. We all know this scripture by heart. Most of us ought to know it. If we don't, you can, this is something new for you today. Watch verse 23. Romans 3, 23. Read it with me if you will. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, watch this. You mean to tell me a little baby that is one hour old is a sinner? See, I want you to see that sin is not an action. It's a state of being. And just because a little baby was born, 
genetically, that baby was born in the sin. And so that's why, watch this, that eliminates what you do as a sin. That, that eliminates you doing something, categorizing you as a sinner. Because it's not what you did, it's the state that you were born in. Do you see that? Watch this, let's look at one more. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just go backwards, Romans and then 1 Corinthians. Let me show you this. Chapter 15, and let's look in verse 23. Uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and let's look in verse 22. Watch this. Are you there? Say, I am. Okay, good. It says, for as in Adam all did what? Die. So that means everybody born after Adam born was born dead. Now we know he, he ended up physically dying, but we see the main thing is that he died spiritually. Now watch this. Watch this. This is important to know because being spiritually dead or in debt affects several areas of our lives. Now I want you to write this down if you can. The first area that being spiritually dead or in debt affects is that it affects our relationship with God. So you have to understand, Adam was first created a spirit being first. And so when he disobeyed God, the spirit of God that was in him, guess what? It left because sin entered in. So now Adam, his human spirit, doesn't have God's spirit in it no more. And so that's why if you go read the book of Genesis, when they, when they, when they ate the fruit, and then the Bible says God was calling them and he said, I heard your voice, but I was afraid. The reason why he was afraid because he hadn't heard God's voice from the outside. He used to, God used to talk to him from the inside. And so now watch this. Here it is. Adam, a man, everybody born after him, Cain, Abel, everybody else were born automatically in a sin state. So watch this. Now that affects my relationship with God because God is a spirit. So now watch this, the manufacturer and the creator of who made me, I cannot even have a good relationship with anymore because I'm not on the same frequency as he's on. This, we can die. When Adam did that, he messed up three parts of us. Number one, Adam messed us up spiritually. Number two, Adam messed us up in our soul. That's why, you know, when you get saved, you got to renew your mind because, see, I'm saved, but I still remember still in that lady's realms. Okay, now. If I made stealing, if that was part of my lifestyle, you know, that's how I got increased. <laughs> I didn't believe in believing God for increase. I just took yours. If, if I lived a life like that, guess what? When I come into the kingdom of God, if I don't straighten my thinking out, you're going to be next to me in church and I might take something out your purse. I, I, just, I just saw somebody grab their purse. <laughs> Watch this. It affects us spiritually. It affects, affects us in our soul and affects, affects us physically. Let me tell you something. Adam was really designed to live forever. Now, if you notice, he lived how many years? 930 years. Watch this. If you notice, the time frame that people live has gotten shorter. You, you, have you noticed that? Boy, shoot, if we get 80, we, do, we doing good, ain't we? Okay. If you notice in the Bible, most of them live, they started living in the 900 and something, and then it goes, they just started going down. You know why? Because as, 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 as their life went down, sin went up. And so the more that now, right now, boy, we got sin running rapid in this place. I mean, you know, not in here, you know what I'm saying, but on the earth. Amen. 
So watch this. Let me destroy something, uh, uh, some thinking that many people have. Because we see now that we were born into this thing like that. So guess what? Works don't get me into heaven then. Wait a minute. Listen to me. If I was born this way, then outside works can't fix an internal problem. Okay, go to Titus. Go to Titus. Go to Titus. T-I-T-U-S. Let me help you. Let me, let me help you. Go to Titus. Go to Titus. That is somewhere after Timothy. You've got First and Second Timothy, and then you have Titus. And let's look in chapter 3, verse 5. Watch what it says. Let's look in verse 4. But after that, the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we, what, have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, now let's go to Ephesians. Go, let's go, real quick, keep that mindset. Go to Ephesians. That is right. Just go backwards and you'll find Ephesians. And look in chapter 2. And then I'm going to explain what I mean by outside works cannot cure an, in, an internal problem. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 2, look in verse... Let's look at, look at starting verse 8. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. The gift, it is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? The faith that you even use to get saved, that is a gift of God. Verse 9. Not of what? Not of what? Not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, if you could work your way into heaven, you would boast about it. Oh, I got in because I was at the Salvation Army every day, passing out cans, passing out beans. See, no, no, no. God wanted to make sure that you had nothing to do with what he was doing. So watch this. That's why some people who don't know the gospel think that they can work themselves into heaven. And they may be good people. They may not curse. They may not drink. They may not, they may not commit adultery. They may not do none of that stuff. They may not steal. They may be great people, but they don't know that they were born into this thing and they still need something to get them in. And works won't do it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, works won't do it. Now go to Hebrews chapter 10. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus and Jesus alone is the only spiritual debt terminator. Y'all seen the movie, The Terminator. Jesus and Jesus alone is the only spiritual debt terminator. Your works can't do it. Your mama can't get you in. Your daddy can't get you in. Your granny can't get you in. What's that lady that do the all that uh, uh, that Jamaican lady? What's that, Sister Cleo? What's her name? Miss Cleo. She can't get you in. You're right. She can't get you in. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 10. Watch, watch verse 9. Then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. It's talking about Jesus. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Now, by the which we will all, will we all are sanctified, watch this, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Look at verse 11. And every, every priest stands daily ministering. Hold on. Stop right there. In the Old Testament, 
All they did was offered up sacrifices all day. That's all they did. The priests, they didn't look like me. They had blood on them all the time. I would not have wanted to be married to a priest because that brother stunk all day. Watch this. They offered up offerings all the time. Oftentimes, the same sacrifices. Watch this, though. Here's what's key. Which could never take away their sins. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Here's the key verse. By, for, for by one offering, he has made or perfected those that are sanctified. In other words, Jesus is the only thing that can wipe out your sins. Now, notice if you notice, it says here that he did this once and forever. In other words, Jesus took care of my past, my present, and my future sins. You know, there are some people that believe that, listen, listen, listen. Some people believe that if you don't confess every sin, if Jesus comes, you're going to go to hell. What kind of salvation package is that? I mean, that is pressure to me. I mean, you're on your, you know, you're on your hospital bed, and one of your kids asks you a question that you don't want to tell them, like, Mommy, is daddy my real daddy? And you've been lying all these years. Why not just keep lying? And you say, yes, baby, he is. And you die. Are you going to go to hell? No, because not lying is not what got you in hell. Jesus is what got you out of hell. Did you hear what I said? So, okay. Some people believe, okay, let me tell you what confessing your sins does as a Christian. You know what it does? It keeps your relationship with God intact. In other words, it keeps you off of 104.5 and keeps you on 90.9. Did you? Okay. Y'all a tough class this morning. Okay. All right. Here we go. Jesus has already paid the penalty for my sins. I have to then make up in my mind and decide that I want to accept him for the payment of my sin. Once I do that, then that puts me on FM. But now, as I go along in life and I read the Bible and I do stuff that's wrong, all I got to do, the scripture says, if I confess my sin, God is faithful and just to forgive me. So when I mess up, it don't take me off of FM, it just takes me off the channel. And watch this, the more you mess up, that's why it's harder to hear God when you're in sin. y'all understand have y'all ever been to Mahel anybody know what is Mahel that is in the country and let me tell you something if you got next hell it ain't working in Mahel the signal strength is poor because there are no towers out there well when we sin our signal strength becomes weak and we can't hear God like we need to hear God but if I keep my sin count low you know how you can have a low blood count Y'all know what I'm talking about. You can have a low blood count. If you keep your sin count low, you can hear God better. Amen. Now watch this. Watch this. I have a question for you. What should our attitude be if someone saved our life? Come on, spit it out. Grateful. What else? I'll tell you what. Turn on 2 Corinthians. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What kind of attitude should we have if someone paid or saved our life? Watch, watch, watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 
It says, for the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were what? Dead, verse 15. And that he died for how many? All. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. In other words, the type of attitude we ought to have if somebody died for you is that you ought to have an attitude of, I'm going to live my life for them. Can you say amen? Now, look at this. Go to, go to, go to, uh, go to Romans. Just go backwards. Go, back, go backwards to Romans. We should live for Christ out of appreciation and not out of obligation. Romans chapter 14. We should live for Christ, not out of obligation, but out of appreciation. There is a big difference, you know. When you live out of obligation, you're just doing it because you got to. When you live out of appreciation, you do it because you want to, and you get to. Amen. Watch this, Romans 14. Look in verse 7. It says, for none of us live to himself, and no man dies to himself. For whether we live, we live unto who? We live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are who? We are the Lord's. So watch this. Now, since I knew at one point I was in spiritual debt, and Jesus is the answer, and I know that, now I ought to be living my life for him and not just me. Now, here's 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 the thing that most of us did not understand growing up. Living for God does more for you than it does for him. See, I didn't realize that growing up. See, you know, people made living for God hard. Wearing dresses all the way down their hair. I'm like, God, does, does that make a difference? It just keeps them warm. God don't care. Now you say, well, what if I wear one up here? Well, God don't care, but we do. You can't do that one. You know what I'm saying? Watch this. Let me give you some benefits of spiritual debt cancellation. Number one. Go to Hebrews, number one. Go to, go to Hebrews, and I'll give you number one. Hebrews chapter 10. Here are some spiritual, some benefits of having spiritual debt cancellation. Number one, I am no longer in debt to my sin. Past, present, or future. My sin account has been paid in full. Did you hear what I said? You don't have a tab no more to sin. Jesus has paid your sin tab in full. Can you say amen to that? Hebrews chapter 10, watch verse 11 real quick. Hebrews 10, look at verse 11. And every priest, we read this one. Let's look, let's look in uh, verse 12. Let's look in verse 14. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are what? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my sin account has been paid in full. So number one, one of the spiritual debt cancellation benefits is that your sins have been paid in full. Don't let the devil beat you up over stuff you done already done and you done asked God to forgive you for. The Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. So when the devil trying to make you, make you feel bad over, see, he could, do you know if I left today, he could make me feel bad about remembering I stole that lady rims. I can't feel bad about that. I can't go back and fix it. Amen. Now, if I saw her, I might tell her, but she might pull a gun on me, so I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, number one, my debt 
or sin of debt has been paid for in full. Number two, I get a fresh start. I get to start all over again. You can write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and everything else has become new. In other words, now I get a brand. You don't have to listen, wait to January 1 to get a new start. You can get one every day. If you messed up yesterday, start today. If you messed up five minutes ago, start again. The third benefit of spiritual debt cancellation is that I become a part of a royal family, a son or a daughter of God. And then the Bible calls me a king or a priest. Go to Revelation. That's the last book in the, in the, in the, in the uh, New Testament. Revelation chapter 1. Watch this. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5 and 6. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. Watch this, verse 6. He and has made us what? Kings and what? Priests unto who? Listen, you are a king. See, you got to develop that kind of mentality. When I'm dealing with people... I expect them to treat me as if I was Bill Gates. I didn't know Bill Gates was black. Here he is right here. In other words, I'm expecting people to treat me like I'm a king, but they can't treat me like I'm a king if I don't think I'm one myself. And once you have a king mentality, there are certain things you just don't do. Oh, no, don't do that. I mean, when you have a prince or king or priest mentality, you know what it does? It puts you in a whole different category. And let me tell you something. People are going to say, you think you're better than everybody. No, I don't think I'm better. I'm just a king. Now, see, that's not wrong. See, the Bible says not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Well, watch this. As long as I'm thinking the way God wants me to think, that's not thinking more highly than I should, right? Well, God just told me I'm a what? I'm a king and what else? I'm a priest. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are a king and you are a priest. So watch this. It put me into a whole new category of family. Number four, we are in position now since our debt, spiritual debt has been canceled. We are in position to discover our gifts, our talents, and our abilities. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Watch this. When Jesus canceled your spiritual debt, it puts you in position to now understand what your, what your gifts and your talents and your abilities are in life. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Watch this. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given unto you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched in him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in what? No what? No gift. In other words, when you are in Christ, you should come behind in no gift. In other words, whatever gift and talent and ability God's put inside of you, when you connect with him through Christ, you ought to be able to now know what your potential is because he's put it inside of you. You don't have to walk around in the dark like most people in life trying to figure out what am I supposed to do, what am I supposed to do. As long as you stay connected to God through Christ, guess what? You will stand behind in no gift. Can you say amen? Amen. Number five. 
one of the benefits of having spiritual debt cancellation is that the devil and the kingdom of darkness no longer has power over you. Go to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to close. Colossians chapter 1. Philippians, Colossians. See, most Christians are scared of the devil, but the devil ought to be scared of you. Oh, he got power, but Jesus got more. Have you ever, you know, see, when I was growing up, see, I grew late. See, I'm 6'4 right now. When I graduated from high school, I was probably 5'7", five, 5'8", five, maybe. So I was a little bit fella. But I talked a whole lot of noise. And you know why I talked a lot of noise? Because I had some big old friends and cousins. I remember one time we were at the park, and I started a riot. Because, see, if you were bigger than me, oh, I would talk, I would get all up in your face. And then if you try to push me or something, I said, stay right there, I'll be right back. Come on. Big said, y'all know Big said, where Big said at? He backed up somewhere. Big said beat this dude up so bad one time, I felt bad after I told it on him. I was like, cuz you don't have to do it like that. In other words, Jesus put us in a category that we should not be afraid of the devil. Because he's our big brother. And as long as you call on that blood, boy, that devil can't do nothing. The Bible says we've overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So your testimony shouldn't be, I'm scared of the devil. Your testimony ought to be, I've overcome him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Watch this. Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 12. He says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Watch this, verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of what? Darkness. And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In other words, the kingdom of darkness may affect you, but it don't have power over you. See, you can't stop your coworker from cussing you out. But you can sure act like she didn't do it. Now, I know some of y'all saying, no, I don't want to act like she didn't do it. You know, I got a neighbor right now. That just gets on my nerves. <laughs> she bothered me real bad. I'm telling the truth, y'all. And I, had, I said to myself, I'm not going to let this lady get me to the devil level. Y'all know what the devil level is, right? Devil level is when you act like you don't even know Jesus. <laughs> well, some of y'all did that this week. <laughs> Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Did you go to the devil level this week? Some of y'all went to the devil. And so, you know, one of my neighbors came over. And see, when they know you're a pastor, they expect you to do everything in the Bible just like the way you say it. She's like, Evan, you ought to bake her some cookies. <laughs> I was thinking. I said, this is what I, I promise you. This is what I told the lady. I said, I could bake that lady some cookies and go take them to the front door. And she would not open the door if I took them over there. She's like, well, have your wife to take him over. Well, what's the point? What's the, what's the point if my wife take him if she got an issue with me? You know what I'm saying? Now, she won't, act, she won't tell me she got an issue with me, but I know she have an issue. Because if I'm waving at you and you looking like I'm just cleaning my windshield. <laughs> hey, he's cleaning his windshield again. No, I'm waving at you. But I've made a decision. You know what? I am not going to let this neighbor... Take me to the devil level and watch this. Watch this. Cause me to function in the kingdom of darkness that I don't even live at no more. See, when you do stuff you know you shouldn't do, that's what's happening. You're kind of dabbing over there. You don't live over there. 
You just kind of dab over there. Y'all know what I mean? So watch this. Here's the last one. One of the benefits, and this is the major benefit, and those are, this, this may not even be for most of y'all in here, but it's for somebody in here this morning. One of the major benefits of spiritual death cancellation is that we escape the jaws of eternal death. You know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You might be here today, and you were born in the sin, and you've never really opened your heart to Jesus Christ. Well, there are many reasons you need to. Number one, he's paid your sin count in full. Why not, why, why not take advantage of it? Number two, he can give you a fresh start. Number three, guess what? He's given you some gifts and talents and some abilities that you may not ever know that you got until you plug into him. So I want you to do this. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. 